Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about the top five non-bank lenders in New Zealand. Now, as the banks tighten their lending criteria, it's natural that some property investors and owner-occupiers are going to start looking at non-bank lenders. Now, one of the things I've always found really frustrating, though, is that because non-bank lenders have all sorts of different rules, all sorts of different products, all sorts of different people they're targeting, it can be really difficult to understand, well, which one is going to be right for me and how might they be able to serve me? So what we're going to do is we're going to go through our top five, tell you what sort of products they've got, who they're lending to, who they can be a really good fit for. That way you're going to be able to decide for yourself if you do want to go for a non-bank lender, which one you might go for. Andrew, who's number one on your list? Let's talk about ResiMac first of all, because these probably are the, one of the lenders I talk about most on kind of my day-to-day working with investors because they're the pragmatic lender that we love. We've had the CEO, Luke Jackson, on the show, and you can go back and listen to that in the archives if you didn't hear it. But these guys have some really great products, including one which is an, an 80-80 loan, so basically up to five properties where they will do 80% lending against, so owner-occupied and investors, and you'll be thinking to yourself, but hang on, if I've got existing rental properties, surely I can only get 60%. Well, not the case. So because ResiBank are a non-bank lender, they don't adhere to the same restrictions that banks do a lot of the time. So that's really cool for people that have got portfolios. And in fact, I know that Peter Norris, who heads up Callus Financial, our mortgage advisory business, recently used that for some investors who were tapped out of equity. So they'd been investing in both new builds and existing. And he looked at it and he said, well, you want to keep buying, you want to keep growing your portfolio. Let's take you across to ResiBank and then you'll be able to borrow more against the investments you currently have keep growing. So it can be a really good product if you are tapped out more on the equity side. Now, there's another good product that we often talk about on the show, which can be good for investors who've been in the market for a while. The other loan which they've got, which is a called a specialist loan, I think, you can do somewhere between 50 and 60%. I can't remember off the top of my head. I can't get hold of Peter right now. So uh, say 50% guaranteed, 60% is a maybe, where they will actually just look at the servicing on that individual property alone. So what they'll do is say, okay, well, if on their calculation, that property service itself, then no other income needs to be considered. And then they can do up to, I think, 20 years interest only, which is amazing. So for any of those investors who are maybe thinking, I don't want to have to reapply for interest only for you know every five years. Well, someone like ResiMax, great for you. The next one on my list is Squirrel Money. Now, they've got a couple of really interesting products, and it's funny calling them products, but that's what we call them in finance. The first one is Squirrel Launchpad. Now, this is for your first home buyers, where you could borrow with up to, or as little as, I should say, a 5% deposit. Now, the way this works is the first 80-odd percent is funded by, actually, ResiMac, is my understanding, but then they will fund the extra 10 to 15%. So if you've got a 5% deposit, they'll lend you another 15%. If you've got a 10% deposit, they'll lend you another 10%. Now, you do need to have pretty strong income. This is the way that they describe it. You know, good servicing in order to be able to use that. But if you're the sort of person who's on a decent income and are struggling with the deposit side, that could be a really good product for you. Now, of course, you're going to pay a higher interest rate on that 10 to 15%, but that could be the trade-off that you're willing to accept to get into the market. So if you are at a certain income level, 
where you can't apply for the first home loan or some of the other government-backed schemes, then this could be a good way to get into the market. They've actually also got some other innovative products, like they are some of the only people in the country that will fund tiny houses or tiny homes. And the reason behind that is most banks will view them as vehicles rather than houses. In fact, they will lend you up to $70,000 without a deposit. So if your tiny house costs $65,000, they might lend to you without a deposit. Now, of course, what's going to happen? Yeah, you're going to pay a higher interest rate. But if you're wanting to get into a tiny home, these are one of the only people who are actually going to lend to you. So really good option for certain types of buyers. They also do some small scale developments and one-off residential builds as well. Who's number three on our list? Number three is Base Corp. So these guys tend to do shorter term loans. Now they do go out to 30 years, but generally speaking, I know investors that have used these guys if they're doing something like a renovation project. So normally this would be someone that follows the birth strategy, but then sells at the end or refinances to a main bank. Do you mean flippers? Yeah, also known as flippers. Again, when you're using someone like this who will look at maybe the exit rather than your normal loan assessment criteria. So what I mean by that is when you go into a bank, they want to know that you can afford to pay the loan over the next 30 years. For someone like a base corp, they want to know, well, what's your plan at the end? Hey, I'm going to flip the property, so I'm going to sell it within six months after I've done the renovations. Great. They don't care what your servicing is in the short term because they might capitalise the interest or something like that. And because you're not going to be paying it for so long. Your shorter term interest rates are going to be higher than a normal bank, but at a normal bank, or banks hate flippers because they're never going to make money off someone that buys and sells properties all the time because the way they make money is having a loan with them for 30 years. Because this could be a six-month loan, you are going to pay closer to maybe between 75 and, say, 11%, 12%. And generally speaking, you are going to pay a fee for this type of lender. So normally it'd be 1% to 2% of the loan. So if you've got a $600,000 mortgage, then it could be a 6K setup fee. But this is the whole benefit of the non-banks. Like, if you fall outside of the normal, I'm going to buy a house and live in it for 30 years as an owner-occupier and just pay off my mortgage slowly. If that's not you, that's where a non-bank can come in really well. If you don't have a 20% deposit, a non-bank might be able to sort you out. If you fall outside of the LVR restrictions, like if we're talking about the 8080 product from ResiBank, hey, that's where a non-bank lender might be able to sort you out. Next, I want to talk about Pepper Money. Now, these guys are a bit different as well. They're a relatively new entrant into the New Zealand market. But one of their big things is they will turn around your mortgage application in 24 to 48 hours. Really, really quick. Now, I know that some of the investors we worked with here at Opus and Catalyst ended up using these guys when they needed a really quick turnaround. And so even though they might have been approved at the bank, because going to the bank would take maybe four weeks that they needed to settle within a couple of days, they ended up going with Pepper Money, getting the loan and settling the property. They can also be good if you're self-employed. So rather than looking at the last two years of your financials, they'll often look at only the last six months of income. Now, that can be really helpful for businesses, especially if over the last two years you really got messed up by COVID and if your books went really poor but now are coming right. So if you're looking to continue growing your investment portfolio now that your business is perhaps doing a bit better, then Pepper Money may be a really good fit for you. But of course, you know, always, always, always talk to your mortgage advisor about what's going to be the best fit. The other thing that can be massive for property investors, and this might sound small and technical, but it really is quite big, is that they will often only consider your other payments to banks at their face value. So let's say that you're currently paying 4% to your bank and you fix the rate in at whatever length of time it is. Rather than saying, let's test that at 
seven and a half percent or eight percent, they'll just say, okay, well, you're paying four percent. Let's assess your mortgage on that basis. Really big, especially if you're a wee bit tighter on servicing. That'll help you borrow significantly more. Now, again, they are going to charge you some establishment fees. I think it's about fifteen hundred odd dollars, but. That could be a good option if you're struggling to get money out of the other banks. And who's number five on our list, Andrew? Number five is Liberty Finance. So these guys have been around for ages. One of their products is really good is their no-doc loan. So this is where you basically self-certify your income. So rather than actually having to provide your financials because you're a business person, then you can self-declare, hey, look, my normal course of business, I make 200 grand a year. Now, again, you've got to be honest on these things. I make $500,000 a year, Liberty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to over- I don't by the way, just so we're clear. You don't want to overcommit yourself, but there are genuine reasons why someone might not have the books to be able to show their income. For example, often you might get to, say, this time of year in the kind of financial year cycle, and your last year's financials are a year and a bit old now, but you haven't got your new set of books. So in this instance, you'll be able to actually say, well, this is kind of roughly what I earned because the bank won't accept you based on last year's books, which are now so old. They ream you for the interest rate for that first six months, though, don't they? Yeah, I know, but, I mean, you've got to ask yourself, you know, is it better to get the money and do the deal, or is it better to wait? Yeah, well, we do need to mention that it starts out at about a 10% interest rate for the first six months, and so you pay that, but then after six months, it drops back to whatever it happens to be. Now, I do agree with you, Andrew, and at the end of the day, the difference between paying a 10% interest rate for a short time and then just charging it a big establishment fee, sometimes it'll just kind of even out, you That's know, right. and it's just looking at an interest rate rather than an establishment fee. The other thing that can be good is Liberty Boost. Did we talk about that? No, we didn't. Just briefly walk us through what that is. So the Liberty Boost is basically a great product for first-home buyers. So you can borrow 90%, 80% of the loan is just at normal interest rates. So that's what's called a prime loan. So you might be 5% fixed, but the remaining 10% is on a higher interest rate, which is currently 15.5%, and you've got to pay that off over seven years. So, so you a shorter term. A shorter term. So the idea of that is that in the next seven years, you'll just have an 80% loan left and your house hopefully has gone up in value in that time. So you're in a really good equity position from there. So it kind of forces you, even if the market doesn't go up, to get to a bankable level within that seven-year period. And look, again, that is going to come at a cost. Whenever you use a non-bank lender, you're going to be paying a bit more money because you fall outside the norm. But if you can't get a... 10% 10% deposit loan from a main bank, maybe because you're purchasing an existing property or whatever it happens to be, or maybe you want to preserve some cash to do some renovations, something along those lines. That's where a Liberty Boost or a Squirrel Launchpad can be really good, even though it is going to cost some extra money to do. Again, not saying that everybody should use a non-bank lender, but there are some really interesting circumstances where these guys can be very, very beneficial. And a little birdie does tell me that there may be some additional innovation coming out in the mortgage product business in the not-so-distant futures, but you'll have to keep on listening for that. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, I want to read you another review. This one's a one-star. and we've Another been- one-star? Quite interesting. Interesting, within a fortnight, we've got two one-stars after, what, 500, five stars? Well, 
Andrew and I have been bickering about whether we think it's genuine or not. Oh, well, uh, old green Ed over here thinks it's not. I think it might be that someone who we did a podcast recently that got very upset and went crying to the media might actually be doing this. But anyway, call me experienced. But let's read this one. I think it's genuine. Oh, yeah, do you? I almost get a bit, oh, I'm a bit nervous because it it says mean things about our listeners. The title is For the Gullible. Here's the (laughs) quote. Be warned, these blokes are making a lot of money tooting their own trumpet. They get a commission from these developers, so of course it's always a great time to buy. They don't care about you. Find a podcast that's not glorified advertising disguised as a learning tool. <laughs> Yuck. Now, Andrew, just before you go on, I, yeah. I'm going to assume this is genuine, so I do want to respond to this. The first thing that I would say is, <laughs> I wish we were making a lot of money. <laughs> God, that would be wonderful. But one thing, obviously, is we do talk about our businesses are here on the podcast. And I suppose the reason for that is rather than selling ads to other people, which people often do say would like to buy some ads, we think we'll just mention some of the things that we do. And I think that's a, an okay trade-off if we're teaching things. And hopefully you guys don't mind too much. But the other thing I'd want to say is I try and be really transparent about how our business model works and, you know, the fact that we work with these developers and how we get paid. And hopefully, you know, that's come across and everybody's aware of it and we're fully transparent about how we're operating. I think that's really important for me. And the other thing that I'd just say is, you know, they've said that we always say it's a great time to buy. Look, definitely our approach on this show is to look at the opportunities that are available. And so whatever the circumstances happen to be, we don't like to be purveyors of doom and gloom. We want to say, well, okay, some bad stuff's happened. What's the opportunity? How do we make the best of it? Because here's the truth of the matter. Whether it's a good time to buy property or not. Most Kiwis still need to build their wealth and they still need to prepare for retirement. And so no matter what's happening in any of the different asset markets, I think it's important to say, well, how can we make the best of it? What can we do in order to do what we need, build our wealth and put ourselves in the position so we can look after ourselves and our families in retirement? So I don't shy away from the fact that we like to be optimistic. I don't shy away from the fact that we're looking for the opportunities to make the best of whatever situation or circumstances we find ourselves in. So I'm hoping this is a genuine review. I know, Andrew, you don't agree with me, but assuming it is, that's my honest response. Oh, and look, uh, the only thing I'd add to there is we're running a business. Absolutely. There's no secret to that. We, oh, we, I didn't know we, that. We, we, we have to make money because it costs a lot of money for us to sit here and record a daily podcast. By the time we factor in the time, the editing, all the rest of it, we do it all for free. We don't force anyone to use our services. You use our services if you listen to what we say and think these guys know a thing or two. You don't have to otherwise. And I know that there are lots of people who have invested because of this podcast, not through us, which means we don't make a cent. And we've got no problem with that. There are so many investors that I work with who haven't necessarily bought through us that we just give some free advice because we don't care. We want the industry to be better, not just to make money, because at the end of the day, that's what what we do this for. Having said that, if you'd like to write us a five-star oh, review, honestly, if you'd, just to push that down, I, I mean, really, it's it's not so much for my feelings. It's but, for mine. No, no, no. But I just hope that having a couple of these reviews at the top doesn't scare other people off from joining this property investment community that we're trying to build. So if you wouldn't mind, if you haven't already written us a nice review, would really appreciate Listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Evan Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.